Hello and welcome to Health, Wealth, and Everything Else. It's Thursday, September 20th. Gloomy morning here in St. Louis Park, Minnesota, but it'll never stop us. I'm your host, Pat Hurtalendi. I'm joined, as always, by my good friend, Kyle Wheeler. Kyle, how you doing? Doing good today, man. Uh, glad that the week is winding down to an end, uh, that the football weekend is starting today. Um, and, you know, obviously the Vikings are doing well, so I'm just excited for watching them get a W this weekend. Uh, so, yeah, how are you feeling, man? I'm feeling good. If uh, we're playing the Bills, if anyone has any Vikings players on their fantasy team, I would suggest starting them because the Bills can't do anything. They had right. a player retire at halftime last weekend, which I'd never heard of before. Vontae Davis was just like, I'm tired of this shit. Pack up my clothes. I'm done. I'll just take maybe... How does that work? Does he get like a half a game check? Does he get a full game check? Because... I think he gets it the whole thing. Yeah, because what would stop you getting injured in the first play or whatever, and then get, you'd get your first check then. So similar situation. But uh, I think we're 17-point favorites or something disgusting. Like, start all your players. I'm super excited. We're going to be 2-0-1. Uh, great position to start. That tie really will make the next or the rest of the season interesting as we get into playoff implications because no one knows yep. how a tie works. It's going to be just completely confusing. So now that there's an AFC tie and an NFC tie, that'll just make it more uh, interesting, tough to figure out as we get towards the playoffs at the end of the year. Well, what I like about the tie and, you know, silver lining, looking at it from an optimistic lens, is that a couple things here. So typically... I think teams with the tie get overlooked because when you look at the record and, you know, once teams start to get near that double digit win threshold right towards the end of the year and teams are like nine and three or nine and four, you typically tend to ignore the team that's like, you know, whereas one is nine and four, you kind of ignore the team that's eight, three and one or whatever. Right. And so um, they're right there. They're only a half game behind. Um but but again, they're right there. And so with the Vikings this year, having our last four games, I believe, are like four of our five easiest games. Of the, I mean, the Bills are the easiest game. But after that, like I think our, we end the season with like the Lions, the Bears, mm, spacing on one or two more. But I, I don't think – they're definitely not the Eagles, Patriots, and Rams or Packers. So uh, I think with that tie, we'll fly under the radar, which is the Mike Zimmer way. And then – We'll, uh, we'll be able to have some easy wins at the end of the season to come out, hopefully, as the uh, first or second seed uh, in the NFC, getting that bye. So, yeah. yeah, something to look forward to. I'm super excited. we got plenty of football season left. Uh, so today we're coming at you with the second installment in our macronutrient series. Last week we focused on water. This week we're going to focus on protein. Protein is... Super important for the body. That's why we're covering it as the second installment. It's really involved in structure and transportation and muscle growth repair, tissue repair. Um, and protein is made up of amino acids, which are just the things that we find in different proteins that we eat. Our body puts it together to make proteins that we use. They're non-essential and essential amino acids. We won't really go into that at all. Just know that all protein is important and it's really imperative for muscle growth and repair, which we're kind of going to focus on because we're thinking of moderately active adults that are wanting to possibly build muscle in the future. So we're going to come at you with some numbers to put some more concrete details to protein consumption, which 
can be a uh, difficult thing to understand if you don't know what's really going on. 100%. So first thing that I want to talk about then is, you know, the makeup of protein, right? Uh, The non-essential and essentials. So do you want to talk a little bit, Pat, about, you know, what that is and, and then ultimately what you're wanting to accomplish by by you know taking those in those essential amino acids so essential and non-essential amino acids there are 20 total amino acids essential um are amino acids that our body cannot produce on its own non-essential amino acids can be produced by the body through breaking up the essential amino acids and kind of reforming them to uh, form a complete protein that is uh, built during DNA replication during a cell cycle. So, you know, in simple words, one of them you need to get in order to get the result. You need to eat it. It needs to be something you put in your body. Uh, The rest, your body just can make up on its own. So you don't need to stress as much about it. Yeah, that's definitely a better way to put it. That's uh, clear and concise. I mean, so, so when you have that type of situation and, and you're like, oh, well, I don't even know how much protein I'm getting, let alone what type of protein I'm getting. Like, where does someone start from there? Uh, I would start, just try to get a variety of protein in your diet, whether it be from dairy sources, meat, animal protein, like a grass-fed beef, a good chicken breast, some pork, even something like a bacon, heavy fatty, but good protein in something like that as well. Beef jerky, pork rinds. Hard-boiled eggs are a great choice. You just want to go from a variety of sources. You can get them from vegetables. Just start eating a well-balanced diet, and you will most likely get adequate protein in that diet. 100%. Variety is going to be huge. and it, It's actually really honestly simpler than that. You don't have to worry about which aminos are in which foods. If you're literally, if you're just eating different sources of protein here and there, um, most of them are going to have uh, the essential amino acids in them. You know, no food that I can think of has only the essential amino acids as their protein. So you're going to get what you need if you're, if you're consuming protein. So therefore, if we have the confidence of that, then what we can next focus on is just what is my total protein? And then you can be confident that you're getting the essential amino acids that your body truly does need. So looking at that, let's break it down uh, from male and female. So the numbers I want to start with are what you should focus on. If you know you're you're relatively sedentary, you're just kind of average active, uh, male or female, and because the, the starting line is going to be the same for both, uh, this is going to be the amount that is going to allow your body to function normally. That you will not continually lose muscle mass, and ho- hopefully your body can sustain itself. So that number is going to be fifty. If you're a male or a female and you have moderate muscle mass and body weight and activity levels, then 50 is going to be the starting point. Start by making sure you're doing that. If you can confidently and successfully sustain 50 grams of protein every day and you're ready to see bigger, better results, then as a male, uh, 75 is going to be the next goal. And again, I want to give you an interval because it's not going to be the same for everyone. The bigger, larger, more active male might need all the way up to 125 grams of protein per day to see the results that he deserves and he's working for and to, you know, you know again, to, to optimize the results. Um, 
usually 75 to 125 is going to be that interval. If you're a female, it's probably going to stay right around 50 to 100. And I would, again, the more active you are, the, the bigger muscle building goal you have, uh, you're probably going to lean towards about 75 to 100. So those are the numbers, whether you're male or female, male, 75 to 125, female, about 50 to 100. Again, it can vary. Days that you work out, probably want a little bit more than, than days you don't. So that's why, again, it's important to, to accept an interval range because you're not going to have the exact same amount day to day. And if any of those numbers are confusing at all, guys, here's a little context. Some high protein foods that you can add into your diet to get to that 50 to 100 or 75 to 125. For example, uh, eggs have six grams of protein usually per one large egg. If you like cottage cheese, usually you can get like 14 grams per one half cup. 2% milk has eight grams per serving. So you can get varieties and you can see that they add up to get to that number so that 50 is not that hard to get to. 75 is not that hard to get to if you eat a balanced diet. So those numbers won't seem so daunting to you. Just eat a well-balanced diet, you'll get there. 100%. And, and you know, part of this, guys, is I want you to reach out <clears throat> to one of us or even just look it up yourself, whatever's easiest for you. If you, if you need some guidance on how to get started or, or how to you know, implement this into your lifestyle and your nutrition, um, but I, I want to start with kind of what we've been through um, so we can give some example. When I first started talking about protein, preaching protein as a trainer, when I was still in college, I knew the importance of it. But I'll be honest with you, I had no idea how much protein I had. And I kind of lived in denial for a long time, just thinking the more I eat, the better. You know, I know, Pat, you have a similar story and sentiment about how you approached protein. And, you know, there's there's things that to talk about it maybe at a different time about how what pr- too much protein can do but in essence i just want to share my perspective that it, it was the most valuable thing in the world to just finally track <laughs> you know like as uh, tedious as it sounds as whatever maybe it doesn't sound like it's gonna as exciting as actually physically doing the eating um, but being aware of where you're normally at is by far the most significant step so whether you want to just track protein and just peek at the nutritional label before you or after you eat something, or you physically want to track your nutrition for three to seven days, I highly, highly, highly recommend doing so because as a coach that's worked with over a thousand clients in my career, you're going to be consistent. Like you're going to be relatively consistent. The average female protein intake that I've seen is about 35 to 40 grams per day. And for males, it's a much larger spectrum because this phenomenon does exist where males tend to think more protein, the better. Right. Mm. And, uh, so I can't really pinpoint it, but overall, if I was to give you one for males, it's probably right about 60 to 70. Uh, so right around that threshold of where they ought to be anyway. Um, but once you know, now you can confidently take action. If all you're doing is saying, wow, these guys are talking about how important protein is. I want to feel good and I want to look good. I'm going to just eat as much protein as I can. You're not really setting yourself up for success. And chances are you're not going to sustain that nutrition and that lifestyle. So again, figure out where you are, track, record, or at least be conscious of what you're eating. And then take steps to add that 8 to 15 grams of protein that you probably need. You probably aren't that far off. So what did Pat just talk about? He just listed about four to five examples of daily things that we can consume. A glass of milk, a little half, ser- half cup, whatever serving sizes of cottage cheese, you know, a couple eggs. You know, these are all 
options that are super quick and easy that will get you anywhere from eight to 15 grams without stressing out your diet very much. Yeah, I completely agree. And I really like that advice of trying to track your food because what that really does is it kind of improves your nutritional literacy. So when you're out to eat or you're just preparing something really quick at home, if you have that experience of tracking your food, even just for a couple days, you can look at a meal and kind of estimate what you have in there. Just be like, oh, I think there's probably about 30 grams of protein there. I got a couple eggs, got a glass of milk, got like a six ounce steak. You can just guess what you have there. You're well informed. You know what's going on. You're prepared for the day. You know uh, exactly what you're consuming or close enough. So just improve that literacy. Try to track your uh, consumption. Even if it's like Kyle said, glance at the nutrition facts. Become aware of what's in the food that you're consuming. And you'll start making better decisions because you'll look at two different options and intrinsically know which one is better for you. And you'll probably choose that because you're trying to accomplish some goals. You're reaching towards something. So why set yourself back? Set yourself up to succeed instead. So track your food, guys. It's a great habit to start building. Yeah, the the competence of knowing the, the impacts of the decisions you're making, guys, I cannot embellish enough like or you know basically emphasize enough how significant that's going to be for you and just how much easier it's going to be to make the right decisions Uh, and the right decision sometimes won't be the healthiest one because you can just decide that today i'd rather do this but you'll know and that that will motivate you to to make a the healthier decision the next time which what it's just going to make things easier so uh, the, the one last thing that I really wanted to make sure that, uh, we did in this podcast was give a couple really simple palatable starting points for people of, of, Hey, let's assume that you're 10 to 15, um, grams of protein beneath where you need to be. And, and we're looking to make that change. And of course we listed some off, but that's just a list. Like what have we actually done? So do you want to start? Yeah, personally, I've mentioned them a couple times. My honestly favorite protein source is eggs. Frequently, I'm in a rush to get to work. And if I'm going to eat at work that day, I'll pack up six hard-boiled eggs. Pat, he fasts a lot. So that's what he means by that. Definitely a different, unique, not a diet that we're necessarily advocating for for everybody. He's on something unique, keto diet that works great for him. But... Just wanted to mention that we're not necessarily suggesting that you don't eat at work or you don't eat breakfast. Yeah, I'm a little bit crazy and very anal about what I put into my body that I've developed and it really works for me. As we'll discuss throughout the course of all these podcasts, there really is no perfect diet. It's whatever works best for the individual and I've found what works best for me. So like I said, I like to bring some hard boiled eggs. Another thing that I really love are things like beef sticks, beef jerky. They're delicious. I kind of feel like I'm a, a real man, just ripping <laughs> flesh open, ripping meat. So uh, those are two of my favorite sources. Yeah. What about you, Kyle? Yeah, for sure, man. Um, one thing that I've turned into a consistent protein source is just in the morning. I just like pat them in a rush, and I want something quick and easy. Um, and I, I, I was not ever feeling that good when I would do a quick protein bar or something like that. So what I do is uh, one minute oats. It's literally a half to a full cup of oats, uh, 
and obviously put a cup of water in there, make oatmeal the way you usually would. And then I just mix a, a scoop of protein powder and some almond butter. It did start with peanut butter because I like that 10 times better. And I just have gradually shifted to healthier you know, sources of, of actual whole foods. And so that's, that's one way that I get a really good start of protein for my day. And a really cool other one, because I know when you first get started, the grab and go, the packaged bars are going to be something you want to turn to because that's the least friction. That's the lowest barrier of how do I start trying this? A perfect bar, it's called, is what, what I'm obsessed with right now. To me, it tastes better than a candy bar. And it's not perfect P-E-R-F-E-C. Right, it's P U R R or something for a, if anyone's out there wanting to try. I actually it out don't know. Themselves. I actually don't know. So look at look at both. I that would be news to me, but I uh, I do have them almost. Well, right now I have them every day, and it's macro balanced, meaning yes, there's going to be more carbs than protein. There's going to be more fat than protein, but in general, that's about how it should be if you're not on some special diet like a keto diet. And they're, they're relatively still close. I think it's like 18 to 20 grams of protein and about 25 to 30 grams of the, of fat and carbs. So, and then it's, it's relatively light on calories, even though it will fill you up, it's only about 200 to 300 calories. So it's a really nice pick me up that shouldn't impact your meals very much. That is a, a great boost of, again, like I said, about 18 to 20 grams of protein. So, and it'll have you feeling good. It's all organic ingredients. They're relatively cheap. I think they're two bucks. So highly recommend if you want to grab and go, that would be my suggestion, the perfect bar. If you want just a really easy, simple way to start your day, one minute is what it will take to make the protein powder, almond butter, oatmeal. Yeah, those are great uh, tips right there. We'll leave you with that, guys. Um, we're talking about protein. We started with the structure, and that is really important for muscle growth and repair, which is kind of what we focused on today. We threw some numbers at you, women 50 to 100, men 75 to 125. But if you're tracking your food, eating a well-balanced diet, you don't have to stress about it as much. Add a couple of those high-protein snacks or meal ideas that we threw out there so that you can get that little boost of 8 to 15 grams extra a day. And guys, go kill your goals. Skull likes.